The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. Hey guys and girls and everybody out there in Radioland, we have an amazing show set up for you today. It's going to be a whole bunch of self-promotion, self-gratification. It's going to be just be me talking. No, I'm kidding. Um, we're going to be talking about a new show that's coming out that I'm going to be on. I'm really, really excited about. And it's not actually a new show. It's a revamp of an existing show that is phenomenal. And I plan on selling it online specifically and going network. So as this show evolves, I'm going to keep you guys up on it. It's called Moxie Number 5. We're going to talk about that with my co-hosts in just a few minutes, which is going to be Sarah and Midori. We'll be talking to them in just a minute. Right now, I'm going to do a quick little wrap and talk to you about what's been going on in Hollywood. Well, we have the premiere of Independence Day, which stars Liam Hemsworth and Jeff Goldblum because for some reason using Will Smith again seemed like too logical a choice for Hollywood. And let's face it, we're selling to 13-year-old girls because that's our money, that's our market. So Liam Hemsworth is a much better idea. All joking aside, um, I am going to say, listen in to hear how that goes. I haven't heard the best things, but I hear the graphics are some of the greatest graphics that have been done to date. So I'm, I'm hearing mixed reviews. Write in and tell me what you guys think. You know me, I'll take questions live on air. Just jump on Summer Helene on Facebook or hit me on Twitter. Anywhere you can get me on social media, shoot it over. I want to give a quick shout out to Scott Haskin. Thank you for that beautiful intro music, Scott. I always love it. It sounds like an epic film coming on. It makes me sound far more epic or makes the show sound far more epic. Um, A little bit from politics today because with Donald Trump moving into politics, politics and Hollywood have really, really kind of merged here a little bit. Anyone that's listened knows that Donald Trump paid a lot of money to brand himself and to use himself as the face and the mascot for his own company. He's basically the Trump organization's version of Ronald McDonald. Well, his campaign is now broke. The reason his campaign is now broke is because he paid himself and his organizations a fortune to use them for his campaign events. So, he may have claimed to be a billionaire and Hollywood spat back and said that isn't true. Um, But by the end of this campaign, he will have used the campaign dollars to put himself there. Go online, guys. All of this information is available. There's a lot more I'd love to say about this candidate, but I'm covered by an NDA. Remember, in Hollywood, we're not allowed to say, say certain things. That's why people didn't find out about Bill Cosby until it was too late. Well, this is the new Bill Cosby. 
Bigger than that, the most amazing thing has happened. I was awake and I'm, I finally got a little bit of sleep, but I'm still a little punch drunk. The, in, on the floor in the House of Representatives, there was a sit-in. For those of you that don't know what a sit-in is, it is sitting down. It's a form of protest that was used by Mahatma Gandhi. It's been used by um, um, Martin Luther King. Uh, Dr. King actually marched with one of our representatives, or the representative technically from Georgia, John Lewis. They marched across a bridge in Selma, Alabama for civil rights. He has been arrested over 40 times for civil protest. And his comment was... We may have come here on different ships. Some came on the Mayflower, some came as slaves, some came from Cuba. All of us came on different ships, but we're in the same boat now. And his feeling, and I, I love the way he said that, but his feeling on the situation is something needed to be done about the gun violence. We know what happened in, in Orlando. It's been heartbreaking for a nation. I mean, we are talking about real tragedy and real heartbreak. It was a hate crime of, I, I, I want to say epic proportions, but it was a, it was a national tragedy. Um, and it turned out that it didn't have to do with ISIS. It had to do with the man that was seeing other men and despised himself for it. So he went into this nightclub and did this. The whole situation is terrible. And because of this, um, House Democrats wanted something to be done. They put forward two bills, the Republicans put forward two bills, and none of them were allowed to be voted on. Not the two from the Democrats or the two from the Republicans. So the Democrats staged a sit-in led by civil rights leader, John Lewis. Uh, and he said during this sit-in that 60 years ago, he, didn't, he would never have thought that 60 years later he'd have to do the same thing. Now, a lot of people have made jokes about him and, and, and things like that, but I have to say I am so impressed and I'm so proud, and this is democracy at its finest. Paul Ryan calls it a publicity stunt. You're right, it's a publicity stunt to draw attention to a cause. That is how a movement works. So I'm very impressed. Um, look this up. You can always tell who John Lewis is. He is the representative that looks a little bit like Admiral Akbar from Star Wars. Um, and that's kind of how he sounds when he's prepping everyone up. He is fantastic. This is the stuff of movies. So I guarantee you this will be a film before the year is out. I'm going to introduce onto our show right, right now, Midori and Sarah, who I'll be doing a show with on Thursdays. And I'm going to use this show to pump that show and everything else. So you guys will hear a lot about it. It's going to be called Moxie Number 5. Ladies, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Hello. Hi. So you you kind of heard the quick rundown. I always do a, here's the world in five minutes. And boy, can I talk fast doing that. But I kind of want to talk about your world a little right now. Um, I'm awesome. going to let you guys talk about yourselves and tell them who you are. So give us your 30-second elevator pitch. I mean, this is Hollywood after all. Midori, who are you and what do you do? I am a relationship and lifestyle coach and the best-selling author, Two Secrets to a Kick-Ass Marriage, and I am a host of The Ultimate Relationships Show, and then now, of course, Moxie Number 5. Fantastic. Sarah, 30 seconds or less. <laughs> uh, I am Sarah Moore. I run a social media agency. I'm a small-town girl. 
uh, out in Ohio, and um, I'm a, ma- a mother of two and um, a show host with Midori, and now uh, you, Miss Summer. So that's pretty much it. Well, good day, ladies. Welcome to the show. Now, I'm going to do something a little bit interesting. We have a very unique situation here. So the way that um, this station works when we look at Voice America is we actually take these shows and we pass them on multiple places and we got a lot of listeners and we go a lot of different places. So one of the topics I always tell people is anyone can build a show, anyone can do what they want in this day of the internet. So I'm actually going to use Moxie number five. As we go along, talk about what we're doing. I'd love to bring you ladies on every so often so we can update and bring the listeners over there and say, this is how you build a show. So as we go, we're going to talk to this audience because this is behind the scenes and this is all about Hollywood on how to build a show. Okay. So we want to do that. I'm going to say, everybody, write in. The show is Moxie number five. It's about boss ladies. It's about being tough. It's about having that moxie. Write in and give me your best tagline. I've got people working on it at Paramount. You tell me what your best tagline for the show is. Listen in and gain some moxie. Listen in, you'll have some moxie. You want moxie, listen up. I don't know. This isn't my job. So write in, go to Summer Helene, and if you give the best tagline and you can beat the guys out for Paramount, I will give you tickets to Palm Springs Comic Con. I'll give you free ATV rides. I'll give you all kinds of free junk just because it's fun. Ladies, I'm going to ask you, when was your first experience? I, I, I love this. I just love doing this. You're a relationship expert. You're in social media. When was your first experience kind of standing up, public speaking, getting in front of people? I'll, I'll talk about that. This is me, Dory. I, I was scared to death of public speaking. And, I, and that was three years ago. So absolutely scared to death. And I went to this event called Speaking Empire where they made us speak on stage. And I don't know, something happened. And I started changing my mindset. And then I did an event in Sonoma in front of, I think, 65 women. Um, I did want to vomit a little bit. <laughs> but I made it through, and since then, um, I've talked on all kinds of stages, and I love it now. I love getting my message out. And here, yeah, and letting people hear what you have to say. That's, that's actually yeah. very, very good. Well, it's inspirational. Yeah. There are a lot of people that really are brought, you know, knee-locked at public speaking, and I think it's incredible because when you look at somebody who is a relationship expert and someone that does social media, that doesn't always lend itself to public speaking. And you two are also very, very attractive, marketable women. So um, I find it I, I find it interesting that you two do lend yourselves to public speaking. Can I ask about you, Sarah? How did you get into it? Uh, I think my very first experience with public speaking was when I graduated from high school. I was salutatorian, so you get a chance to talk on stage to you know your whole class. And um, by the end of my speech, I'm not joking you. The principal and the whole slew of um, people that ran the school, they were all in tears. I had moved them to tears through my speech and presentation. And it was kind of at that moment that I knew that that was a gift and speaking to people um, in a way that could actually move them. Me, Dory and I, we joke a lot because she's, um, she's really fun and entertaining and I'm very emotional. And I, and I, I think about the emotional things in life. So we balance each other out. Uh, working together, so it's fun. But that's where it began for me. It was just the moment of 
how the the power of your words and I I love that about life that you have the power to help move people to do greater things. I think that makes a very big difference. I don't think people realize the reach that media especially has. When you look at, uh, we have four minutes to a break, but I'll, I'll say this. When, we, when you look at the reach that media has, I believe whatever message is put out there, good or bad, it does get into a person's head. And coming from someone like me, you know, I make my money selling Coca-Cola uh, in one minute and diet pills in the next minute, both of them to 13-year-old girls. Um, so I find it interesting to see the reach that media has. And I love when it's used in a positive way. And I think you really hit on the heart of it when you say the emotional reaction that people get. When you look at your show, um, it's, it's funny. And if you can bring, if you can find the balance of comedy and tragedy in any film, uh, in any show, in any radio show, in any television show, you have to have that balance of comedy and tragedy, the balance of seriousness and comedy because that draws people in and it makes people care. And the fact that you two balance each other out that way, and I've had the pleasure of speaking with both of you. Midori is very fun. She's very, very intelligent. And you are very emotionally sensitive and very, very intelligent. And both of you seem to have a, uni- a unique way of connecting. Now, I'm going to ask you two, you do it so seamlessly on, um, on Moxie, is it as easy for you on radio where you can't really see each other? Does that make it more difficult when you can't look into each other's eyes? Uh, you know what's so funny right now is that, yeah, it's different. It's absolutely, it I've been on a lot of radio shows, um, but some, or, um, Sarah and I have such just this, this presence together and I think we can look at each other's eyes and we know what the other one's going to say and we can read the facial features. So it's absolutely a different experience being on a radio show versus where we can actually look at each other. And, and I definitely think really prefer, I definitely prefer to look Midori in the face while we're having interviews and, and doing things like this over just through the radio for sure. Really? Well, now to mm-hmm. all the people driving, that doesn't mean go look somewhere at, for somewhere you can watch them, finish your drive, go home and then Google them. Don't do it while you're driving. Um, it, it is a very different experience. I've worked, I've interviewed on television and on radio. And radio is a much more, um, much more difficult format, really. I think a lot of times to, to portray, especially when you're talking about comedy and the emotional, those two things that you two brought up, it really is a harder format to get that across because it is only well, voice. Yeah, I was going to say, like, when, when people are watching video, they can see, you know, how distraught you are on your face or how taken back you are. And if you're not using your voice to really get over the point of how tragic the situation is or maybe you are showing it on your face, but your voice doesn't say it. It's harder for people to feel you when they can't see you too, because you're only appealing to that one sense of the sense of hearing. You're missing the sense of sight, which is the beauty of what we do on Moxie. It is. We, have and that, that we can pull into all of that. It, it is. And it's, um, and that is what's beautiful about what you do. That's what's beautiful about television with radio. It forces you to paint that picture in television um, they say that the close-up created the star. 
because once you could look into a person's eyes, get a close-up on their face, you could feel <clears throat> what they were feeling. So in Hollywood, we say the close-up is what created the star. It wasn't radio. It wasn't anything like that. It was the close-up. It was getting close and personal because before then, the great uh, stars were authors because you had to paint the picture. But once you could look into someone's eyes, you had a star because the world could feel you. Ladies, we're going to go to break. We'll be right back after this. I'm Summer Helene. We are on with Sarah and Midori. We're talking about Moxie 5. Moxie number 5. i got to get that right. Good God, people. We'll be right back. <laughs> Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Attention. If you're a parent, educator, social worker, or civic or religious leader, the most important program you'll hear this week is Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Host Opal Singleton and her guest show how our children and others are being dangerously lured by predators through the dark web, social media apps, and games. Beyond that, the program looks at trends in human trafficking and more. You'll never think of the Internet the same way again. Listen Thursdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day guys, welcome back to Behind the Scenes. Remember, jump on my Twitter, tell me what you think. What should our tagline be for Moxie number five? Moxie number five is a talk show. We're going to have a whole bunch of women on. And if you would like to be on Moxie number five, write in to Summer Helene. I'll pass you over to the ladies. And if they like you, that's the go, because let's face it, they're the boss. We are talking about what makes things good, bad, and indifferent in Hollywood, because Hollywood sometimes is a little indifferent. We've got the ladies on location calling in. Now, where are you guys? I know you're not just kind of, I, I know you're not at home and you're in place. Where are you? So, I am in uh, Irvine, California at a convention. I have searched all over high and low at this hotel to find the best reception 
without music playing. And so right now I'm almost in the middle of the parking lot. Cause that's the only spot I can find. But yeah, you've got to so do what you've got to do. So if, if we hear like conga music in the background, it just means you've joined a conga line of hot men dancing along following the pool boy? That's right. I'm drinking. I'm drinking heavily, and I'm dancing on top of a table. But you guys can't see that. That's the beauty of radio. That is the beauty of radio. So you don't need to put your top back on or anything else. It's perfect. No, no I'm kidding. Awesome. I'm kidding. I think you're there with your husband. All joking aside. <laughs> I am. He's here. He's here. He's he's my support. Well, that's perfect. Well, everyone, hi, Midori's husband. You can write in, say hi to Midori's husband too. And hi, yeah, we've got hi online to Midori's husband. So they're sending their highs. And Sarah awesome. Darling, where are you? I'm actually back home in my hometown of Dayton, Ohio. But I was up just the other day, yesterday, at a conference, a social media conference in Lima, where I was um, surprised to see that um, – the person running the conference had booked herself to speak for maybe like four or five of the different um, segments. And I just think that that is not very smart because if you bring, if you have an event and you bring in speakers, even though she's really intelligent and awesome, she could have brought in so many more people to her event because, By having a different, you know, bringing yeah. in speakers. So anyways, I, I was really surprised to learn that, but I did learn a lot and had a great, great time um, meeting I, some new people in my area. So I got to say, and I'm not trying to diss whoever put this together, that usually means when I've seen that happen at an event or things like that, it means they couldn't get the speakers. Uh, it usually, that's, that's like the cheat fill-in. Because I've had yeah. friends of mine call and say, hey, Come here. I can't pay your fee, but you're doing this anyway. Otherwise, I'm going to be standing there speaking. And my mum's in entertainment too, so I've, and I've had them repeat. Also, bring your mother. That'll take two care of two of the spots. <laughs> I've you that do. would have been more entertaining because, you yep. know, it, not only do you get tired of seeing the other person up there too, but that would be entertaining to have your a grandmother up there talking about uh, how to use Blab for marketing a show. That would be awesome. That would be very, very interesting. Now, I find that unique. The show that we are doing, and I'm doing with you ladies now, is on um, – oh, mom says hi. My mom is now writing in. Hi, mom. Yes, you're listening into the show. So one of the people we have writing in is my mother. Hello, mother. Hello, mom. Um, <laughs> and you, you, got, you ladies will meet her. We'll get a kick out of her. We drag her on um, – this show occasionally, and I'm sure we'll drag her on Blab. She's very entertaining. One of Can't the wait to uh, meet her. well, she's been in the entertainment industry since uh, there were video cameras. I'm pretty sure. Oh wow! Yeah, no, it's, 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 she's she's an interesting lady. She um she taught when she was 17. She taught dance to the guy that shot Martin Luther King. Then she uh, moved from there into her own dance group, danced uh, all over the world, then lost her friend to the Hillside Strangler. At this point, her brother was in jail with the Manson family, no joke, after oh running a free, a free press in protest to the Vietnam War out of his head shop uh, on Sunset Boulevard in, in Hollywood. So I've been I, I actually was talking to Amazon about a show about my mom and my uncle because of the life they've lived. And I just haven't gotten a script overview, mother, for that show. There's an important lesson, guys. Always make sure your mum gives you the overview for the script you need. <laughs> so, good to know. 
yeah, good to, good advice. Unless it's not your mum you're working with, then uh, <laughs> then that's then that's not good. Um, I'm going to ask you two ladies, what made you decide to do a show? Oh, that's easy. We met in San Francisco, and we met at a convention. And Sarah happened to go online and post, "Hey, is anyone looking for a roommate?" And I've been to a million conventions and business events, but I've never had a roommate. I thought, well, you know, it might be fun. So she and I connected and checked each other out first, of course, make sure she wasn't no a one's strangler. a serial killer. Yes, I did bring my taser just in case. And one, as, just, as one does. <laughs> you have to. You never know these days. We fell in love. We absolutely, I, we, uh, I, there was just this instant connection. There was absolutely an instant connection. We we have the same feeling, um, and towards the end of the event, we knew that we wanted to work together. We just had so much fun, and it was just, you, you rarely have a relationship like this, and there's just this natural ease and this natural fun that we had, and, um, and so two weeks later, we started, Sarah called me and said, hey, I'm thinking of doing a show. You want to do it with me? I'm like, okay. So two weeks later, we were on Blab doing this show not knowing what we're doing, not knowing where we're going, didn't care. We just have loved it. So, so okay, Mary's downplaying this a little bit because, well, not really, but when we first met, I was at the hotel waiting on her, and I'm sitting in the foyer, and she comes strutting in in these white pants in this fabulous top. She's got this glamorous hair, and she's just super California, and I'm this Ohio girl, somehow found my way to San Francisco for, you know, a a marketing summit. And when we first connect, it was literally if fireworks could go off just from meeting somebody, it would have happened. It was, we, instant connection. We were thrilled to see each other. And there was just no doubt in our mind that we had to do something together because together we were better. Now, that is a very, very interesting concept. I mean, basically, you found your Tim Burton and Johnny Depp combo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know that I'd use that analogy, but something like that, yeah. <laughs> I'm just it was, saying. <laughs> it was like finding my twin. Sometimes people think I look like one of the Olsen twins, and I'm like, yeah, that would be nice and everything, except I, I don't have a twin, but okay, first of all, I've, one, I've, I've seen you. You do not look like a broomstick with teeth. Right. Uh, that's You're gorgeous. True. When I was a child, maybe I looked more like that, but not Big. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely gorgeous, and those the women are terrible, terrible human beings, and you are a gorgeous person. Oh, thank you so much. You are, too. You're fabulous. Don't tell anyone. That'll get me in trouble. I'm the big, scary Hollywood bad guy. Half the stuff people write in, they hashtag Hollywood bad guy. If you tell them I'm nice, they'll expect me to be nice. Then the next time I make someone cry, it'll surprise everyone. Hashtag Hollywood jerk. (laughs) We won't give it away. We won't. Good, good. It's a secret. (laughs) But I I have to say, like, Sarah, Sarah is the sweet innocent, nice version, and I'm the one, I'm older, not much, but I am older, and, you know, I've been a relationship person for so long, my husband and I have been together for almost 30 years, and so, which is longer than Sarah's been alive. Yeah, I, I think Sarah, yeah. you're what, how, how old are you, Sarah, you're my age, a little. Yeah, I'm 29. Yeah, I'm 30, so you're, you're about my I'm, age, you're a year younger, and then, uh, you've been married as long as I've been, bullshit, I've seen you. 
<laughs> I yeah, I have, I have. Yeah, bullshit. is that what we got married when we're four? I'm like bullshit. When we're four, <laughs> it's really hard no, to believe because she is just so useful. She looks so young. Like it's just hard to believe. What do you use now, guys? If you look up Midori, you'll see what I'm talking about here. Please tell. I, I would like to ask. We've got about four minutes to break. What is your skincare regime? This is a Hollywood show. Let's find out what you're using because, I mean, have you had anything done or is this? You're going to make me tell the secrets already? Oh, hell the yes. Show? Oh, my God. Okay, but I will. I'll be honest. So I've had just a teeny bit of Botox, seriously, just a little bit. And then I use Retin-A, and that's it, in sunscreen. I'm big on sunscreen. Lex, buy so me sunscreen it. and set me up for Botox. <laughs> booked. It's booked. Done. I'm done. Yeah, yeah, I can see Lex in the back just doing it. All right. So at least I know what to do. That's fantastic. I mean, good God. Oh, you I guys, know. you're so funny. And great lighting. Great lighting is really, really the key. You gotta have you're good a lighting. Big proponent so. of that. Good lighting. Good lighting. <laughs> so, well, so I don't have a good DP. So that's that is an interesting one. One thing I say in this show is we we talk about what's real and what's not. I'm going to ask you guys. Um, you're doing this show. The truth is everyone that does a show, they want it recognized. They want people to see it. The two biggest things people chase in the world are fame and money. Why you're doing this show, you want people watching it. Why do you want to be seen? Why do you want to be famous? Why, do you, why should people watch you? And I'm going to say, give me the 30-second elevator pitch again, guys. I'm going to start with you. You know, <laughs> so sorry. I, I just, the very first thing that me, Dorian, and I, the reason why one of the biggest reasons we knew we wanted to work together is because we just want to make a difference. You know, we have a very common um, passion for um, underprivileged children. Um, I was adopted when I was a child, uh, and I came from nothing. And Midori has this very tender spot in her heart, and it was just like, together we're better, and somehow we can put our forces together to make an impact. And so that's part of our mission in I- sharing our light with the world is, is making a difference in these children, underprivileged children's lives. Well, I can tell you why then um, Alexis would have found you so intriguing. You were adopted. Alexis grew up in an orphanage in Peru. I oh adopted two children. Um, they're the two I have. I adopted these two children. Um, and I think children, I, I'm, I support animals. I support children. You know, I, I support all of these charities. But I think children are the one thing people need to focus on. And I don't mm-hmm. care whose child it is. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's your child, doesn't matter if it's my child, doesn't matter whose child it is. I think every child is every adult's responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the only person I've seen, and I've, I've seen a few people treat it that way. I've seen my mother do it. Growing up, she had, for anyone that I had around me that had a problem, my mum had an open door. My Aww. grandmother did that. Um, and I've always seen these really strong women um, open themselves up to so many of these children for so many years. Alexis's grandmother, she called her Abuelita, is the one that opened a, uh, an orphanage in Peru. So Alexis grew up with 32 brothers and sisters there. Uh, Everyone has yeah. kind of that story, but when you talk mm-hmm. about children being adopted, for me that hits home. My daughter was um, and son were both very severely abused. I got my daughter when she was five, my son when he was nine. And both of them, um, you don't come out of that okay. So yeah. I know the burden, at least, I, I don't personally, but I've watched the weight that that puts on a person. 
And the fact that you've come out such a strong and confident woman speaks so highly of you and your strength of character and the family that adopted you. Mm-hmm. Because that yeah. means they, they really kind of drew that line there and said you can be. Because there are a yeah. lot of children who take that and hold the parent giving them up as a statement on them, as opposed to a statement on the parent. Yeah, and it's definitely a healing process. You know, things didn't always happen overnight, but I, I always remember growing up thinking how embedded I felt to my adopted family for giving me a second chance. I was nine when I was adopted, too. Now, I, I forgot to mention this, and I sometimes forget because Midori downplays it because she was adopted when she was a baby. And if that's okay for me to say, Midori. Um, yeah. And so she she has that, you know, similar, but she downplays it much because she doesn't have that memory of not having or being left or abused or kind of the terrible life that I, usually comes yes. with adoption, you know. But there is still a mental, until you learn to, I've dealt with other parents and other children and other people, whether you're adopted as a baby, there is still that part of you that asks why. If you're adopted as a child, that means something pretty horrific has usually happened. Um, And so for you at nine, that means there is a history there that's probably very common with the history of my children. In Midori's case, it's a narrative that's still in the back of your mind that says why. And because you're adopted young, it doesn't always feel like you can express that because you should be grateful or you should, or it shouldn't matter. So I think people don't always pay attention Step to that. Step in right here. I have, to, I have to just kind of say, when Sarah told me her story, when she told me that she was adopted at nine and I was adopted at birth, there's a huge difference. And I always talk in my, in my coaching and with working with clients, I talk about mental attitude Yes. And for me, being adopted, I never felt, it never bothered me. It never, honest to God, it has never bothered me. It may be part of the reason why I have such a huge heart towards um, at-risk children and children who are abused. That may have something to do with it. But I was the lucky one. I was the one who was given up at birth. And I was, when you're adopted, especially at birth, it's because, or when you're adopted by anyone, it's because someone really wanted you. Yes. And so I was loved from the beginning, which was, you know, I didn't go through all that. You know, the, when you're adopted, when you're older, it's a much, much, much different story. So I am absolutely, totally grateful for my parents doing what they did. So I come from a different perspective, I think, than, um, than many do. Well, can I, yeah, can I cut Dory, in like from... Your, can, oh, sorry. I was going to say, Midori, your yeah. story could have turned out so different. You know? it really, yeah. Absolutely. And, that's why I'm so grateful. That's why I'm so grateful. And that's probably the mentality. Sorry, I got to cut in from the parents' perspective. Yeah. I don't think adopted children necessarily need to be grateful. You're talking about parents that want you. They're grateful to have you. And I hear a lot of adopted children talk about being grateful to their families or the gratitude they have. To the parent... There should be no more gratitude because you are no different in their mind than had they had you um, or adopted you. They're, in fact, usually more grateful because they yeah. got you. So I hear yeah. children say they're grateful to their parents, but that kind of the happiest day for me is when my children stopped tiptoeing around and they weren't grateful anymore. They were little brats that wanted a Nintendo. <laughs> um, that, like that, that's kind of the... 
I, I think that's where things as well are a little different. I don't know. I can't speak from being adopted. I grew up, you know, my mom, I have a wonderful mom and a wonderful dad. Um, and my mom, it was incredibly strong. And I grew up with, you know, a very, very loving mother especially. And I, I can't relate to that. But I can tell you from the parents' perspective, gratitude is the absolute last thing that we want. We just want to love you and cuddle you and we are so grateful to have you because yeah. you're everything to us. And I think that's a great message for those people who have given up their child for adoption. I think it's a gift. If, if you were able to do it, you know, if you knew that you weren't ready to be a parent for whatever reason and you were selfless enough to give your child up for adoption to a family that could love them the way that they needed to be loved for it, loved and cared for, to me, that's to be commended. I think that is huge to do. And so I wish more people who do get pregnant, who aren't ready, who are not um, capable of taking care of children the way that they need to be taken care of, turn to adoption. Now, mm-hmm. So that's, that's I, my soapbox. I agree with you there, but I'm also a big advocate for if it's early enough and you don't want the child, I, I do believe in abortion. And if you're not yes. going to take that, if you're not going to take that step, I have so, I'm so proud of the parents that give a child up at birth versus the child being taken and putting up or something bad happened and the child going up because I've seen the effects of that. And if you're not ready to care for a child, don't let anyone pressure you into keeping it. If it's too late for um, an abortion, you should never feel guilt in giving up a child. Um, I think that there is a strength in a parent that can do that, that can say, I can't do this, or I can't do this right. So I'm going to give up this child. Or abandoning me, then dragging me through more. You know, um, that... Gave, if she would have kept me and, dr- and drugged me through that and didn't give me up and finally let me go, my life would have turned out a lot different. And that's, and that's very, very true. I think parents need to give up their child sooner rather than later. Because yeah. as the child gets older, it also becomes harder to place them. And the, the older they get, the more trauma they've had in their life. If they're mm-hmm. in that situation. I have, um, I'm not going to say the person's name, but I, have, I know somebody who gave up a child. She kept one child, gave up the other. The reason she gave up the other was because she was raped. She no longer Mm. tells the story about being raped and giving up this child. She would rather everyone think that she was a horrible person and just couldn't do it because she never wants the rape story to be part of this child's narrative. So she'd rather this child think, I couldn't do it, than to say it's that the child is a product of rape. So what started when she first talked to me, she told me that, you know, the story and what had happened. And she said, but you, this, this child is never to know this. Yeah. And I'm not telling anyone this story again. As far as anyone is concerned, it just didn't work out with her dad. We loved each other very much. And this is a better home. I would rather right. that child hate me than to carry this as a part of their narrative. Yeah. And so I think that sometimes the parent giving up the child can be very responsible in the way they do it, and I think sometimes they're not. But I, for all children that, that have 
have found homes with adopted families. Um, I just, I hope out there they realize that there's never any need for gratitude. There's never any need for that. All there is ever a need for is, for God's sake, call us once in a while. Um, You you two go home and call your mother. But (laughs) I'm going to be the Jewish mother here. You two go home, call your mother. (laughs) Um, Uh, So so that was really nice, heavy narrative. Glad we got into that. Yay. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) That's that's awesome. That is exactly what you want to hear on an entertainment show. Um, And a question I do get asked a lot is why do people in the entertainment industry adopt so frequently? Uh, because we travel, because we don't have time to get pregnant, and we don't always have steady relationships. We have about four minutes to a break. So what happens is if you can't keep a stable relationship because your job's your life and you really want a child, you adopt. That is why. Yeah. So stop writing in about that, people. <laughs> That's why <laughs> we adopt. We can't keep it together. <laughs> so we, we take a child, we love that child, and we lavish attention on that child, and we turn them into horrible, spoiled brats. No, I'm kidding. Um, but that, that is why so many people in Hollywood adopt is because they don't always have the stable relationship, but they have Mm -hmm. enough money and a place and a stable home for a child. So I find it admirable and I wish the United States would make it easier to adopt in this country. Yes. Yes. And yes. Me too. Um, so I'm glad we got into a depressing topic and dug at you guys and poked Midori let's talk about you know the, the tragic events of your life now that we've tormented Sarah no I'm kidding uh, we'll get into that eventually don't you worry so we've got okay, three minutes good. to break in these three minutes I'm going to ask you guys what is the message you want to get out there Sarah I know we didn't we, we, we went into your 30 second elevator speech and talked about this so I'm going to ask Midori Midori rich famous why do you want to be why do you want your message out there why do you want to be on TV I help couples. I, my husband and I have been together for almost 30 years, like I said earlier. And my message is that I, I see so many couples that destroy each other, that destroy their families and are just so damn unhappy. And there's such a better way. There's either there's a way to break up successfully or there's a way to make it work successfully. And that's, that's my message is that Make sure you are doing your, you know, that you are creating a healthy relationship. And that's what I teach. I teach couples to stop the screaming and start elevating their lives. I like that. And we'll talk more about that when we get back. We're going to go to break. Guys, if you've learned anything from this show so far, you've learned that, you know, you you need to love children and that Hollywood people are basically a bunch of bleeding hearts. We will be right back after this break. I am Summer Helene. We are on with Sarah and Midori from Moxie Number 5. We'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Tune in every week for Sex Out Loud. Host Tristan Termino will discuss everything from sexual pleasure to sexual politics. Get an insider's perspective from leaders in the adult film industry, the LGBT community, and the sex-positive world. 
From kink to non-monogamy, nothing is off limits. Plus, you can call in to join the conversation. Sex Out Loud airs every Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on voiceamerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. If you are interested in real estate in America's largest city or anywhere, be sure to listen for Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Although our focus is on Manhattan and other real estate markets in and around New York City, we'll have plenty of information that will help you successfully buy, sell, and close a transaction no matter where you are in the world. Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. in New York, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back Behind the Scenes. Hey guys, welcome back to Behind Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly in Hollywood. We are on with Sarah and Midori, not Sarah Ann Midori. It's not one person, guys, it's two. So to the person that wrote in, it is not Sarah Ann Midori, it's Sarah and Midori. I'm just going to say Midora and Sari now. (laughs) Damn it. Um, I give up. So, we are talking a little bit about an upcoming show called Moxie Number 5. I'm going to say to you guys, if you've got a big Twitter following, if you've got a lot going on online, if you have a presence and you have a story, write in. We're looking for additional people to be on the show, and we're always interested to hear what you have to say. What do you want to see? What do you want to hear? What do you want to talk about? Send us your taglines. If you want to be on the show, send us your videos. Send us your interviews. We're happy to hear from you. Ladies, if you could... You, in your narrative, in, in what you're trying to get out in the world. Obviously, both of you want to make the world a better place, you know, and I want to make the world a better place, but mostly I want to make a bucket load of money. Um, do you think that those two ideas are mutually exclusive? I don't. I, I think they are absolutely, absolutely, they coincide. And, you know, I switched my business. I was, I've had a business for 25 years. My husband and I owned it. I hated it so much. I hated it down to my tiptoes to the end of my hair. I was so burnt out. I hated it. What was your and business? And so luckily, we had a rental business. We do big corporate events, and I did event planning. And I just did it from when I was 24 or so. I was young when we started it. And I just was absolutely burnt out. And so luckily, I found a way to come you know, find a new business, a new life, a new um, direction, which is what I do now. I, I help couples, and that's my passion. And it's awesome because the more that I'm 
serving, the more that more money that comes in, but I'm not focused on the money because I'm focused on nothing and it just kind of coincides and it's just, it's awesome. It's awesome. I'll tell you a secret. I knew that was going to be the answer, but I just wanted you to say it. That's why I asked that question. (laughs) If you got, no, seriously, it is. And people don't realize that if you enjoy what you're doing and you have a good time doing what you're doing, people can feel it. People can tell. And the world um, swallows it up if you have fun. You don't want to deal with somebody that's just a miserable SOB. You know, we, we get them when we go through the drive through at any Taco Bell in the country. But you will never find those people at Nothing Bunt Cakes. So go to Nothing but Bunt Cakes or Panda Express instead. And when you're going through Panda Express, stop by Auntie Annie's Pretzels because they have great pretzels. Domino's Pizza tastes great. Aussie Auctioneer does my jewelry, by the way. Guys, if you get a chance, look up the Aussie Auctioneer. God, he does gorgeous stuff. And my hair is always done by Dow at David Andrews Salon. Do you like that? That was a very natural segue, right, guys? Right? That was a natural segue. And I have at the bottom of the list, Griggs Vacuums. We mention you every week because you are Alexis's grandfather and she puts you on the list. (laughs) (laughs) everyone go get one of those vacuums you're gonna go get Griggs but yeah it's it's well it's it's hysterical I go through these like major corporations and the people that do jewelry and the people that do my hair and basically in the entertainment industry you should wear it looks like if we put our sponsors on us not even the ones that sponsor the shows but the people that sponsor us we'd be covered in stickers and Alexis constantly, like, but she does, she'll slip Griggs vacuums in there. She's so supportive of her grandfather that I have, like, major corporate sponsors. I'm dealing with, like, major shows. And there at the bottom of the screen is Griggs vacuums. I don't even know how she slipped it into some of these shows, but she keeps it in there. She's got to love it. Awesome. I love you her even more. But you got it. And that's what I think people need to realize sometimes. With as great as everything is, family is the most important thing. If you're going to be in the entertainment industry, make sure you have a strong network around you. Because I can tell mm-hmm. you, um, my mom, mom, I know you're listening and I'm sorry to say this. I know my mom was um, molested when she first got in the industry. I've had people try and sexually assault me. Alexis has had the same thing happen just being in the industry. Remember, women make up. Five, less than 5% of the entire entertainment industry and oftentimes even the professionals are treated like a commodity. I want to see more women in the entertainment industry. That is why I support women getting into this industry and that is why I love these two powerful ladies on the phone right now. We need smart, powerful women on that screen and we need to empower the women in Hollywood because if we want to make the future brighter, it means the idols and the icons that we're putting up there are not the Kim Kardashians of the world that sell themselves on sex. It's putting money into NASA so the world's reaching for the moon again. It's having icons and, I- and idols like Sarah and like Midori. See, Sarah and Midori, not Sarah and Midori. Um, it's, it's, it's having the right idols and the right icons because the reach yeah. in Hollywood is immense. It yeah. really is. And when people are looking at women like you, that's five minutes they're not looking at the Kim Kardashians. Right, right. (laughs) And I think that's what makes the world a better place. And I think your message will be heard. I mean, let's face it. You both got the looks and you got the talent. And that helps a buttload. And, you know, I think even more than that, Summer, what we have is a burning passion 
Yes, talent. And I know so many talented people. And think about some of these people that go to school to be engineers and their personalities are just so dry, but they're good at what they do. But you can't really tell they're passionate about it. There is something about a person that's passion. And to me, um, that's why you can make money and do good. And that's why they're together, especially when there's passion involved. You can't help but feel excited when somebody else is thrilled and excited and passionate about what they're doing, too. When you jump on this radio show and you introduce yourself with this passion and, and it, you can just feel it coming out of your chest through the radio, that gets people excited to listen to this show. Well, passion, actually, that's the difference. I agree with that. But I like to see people passionate for the right reasons. It's, we've got four minutes to close. I'm going to say in this four minutes, that's what people need to focus on. It is the passion. But the truth is, who you are and what you look like is a commodity too. The fact that you two are beautiful women does make a difference. Um, you can't just be a little heavy in Hollywood. If you're going to be heavy, you've got to be John Goodman. If you're going to be thin, you've got to be beautiful. You either have to be quirky or you've got to be pretty. That's what Hollywood takes. As long as you fit into a reasonable mold. Mm-hmm. You two physically fit in the mold, but you break the mold. And what I mean by that is you're smart, you're funny, and you have that burning desire. And that mm-hmm. person that can break that mold is the person that does well, and that is what translates. And I'm so happy to be working with you ladies and doing this new show, and I'm excited that our listeners here can watch the evolution or listen to the evolution of this show and how it progresses and how we push it forward and how we do it and how we get a show to say where the view is. Because I will bet you 50 bucks each by next year this show will be high on network. I'm, I'm, I'm good at picking them. I'm perfect for horse races at just if they were films. Um, <laughs> but it is because you have the passion and you have the right look. And, but more than that, you have the right soul. A person's soul, that's the one thing on camera. That's why I said the close-up makes you famous. See, we wrap it all around again. The close-up makes you famous. This is right on you guys. So it's your soul that shines through. And that's what makes the difference. And I There's think it's my, also that we have a damn fun show. It is. You guys, all, the that, show's also funny as fuck. It is. We, by the way, you can it's swear funny, on this show. Funny. Yes. You can say whatever you want on this show. It's, it's, it's 18 and over. <laughs> I love that. Well, I mean, let's talk about the show that we just had you on, Summer. We talked about porn. We yes. We talked about... What else? We we went we went all over the place and I was googling I was googling the porn star I think during the show. <laughs> we, were, we were googling the porn star. We talked about Alexis being a dominatrix. Um, we talked about there was a lot of sex. There was a lot of love. There was a lot of fun. But I can say the yeah. show that um, Moxie number five it it takes girls with Moxie. If if you want to succeed, you got to have Moxie. Yeah, that's to. what it is. I think we just found if the tag. If you want to succeed, you got to have Moxie. And be happy. I totally believe that. If you want to succeed and be happy, you have to have moxie because you got to fight for what you want and what makes you happy. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that makes all the difference in the world. Ladies, tell everyone how and where they can find you. I'm on Twitter um, and Snapchat, at Sarah D. Moore. There is no H on my name, S-A-R-A-D-M-O-O-R-E. And my um, company is cmedia.net. Spelled like the ocean, S-E-A, cmedia.net. 
So if you need social media, go to C Media. They'll meet all your media needs. That's and right. where are they going to find social you, Midori? You can find me on Facebook, Midori A. Verity, and my website where I have so much free content for anyone who is looking for some relationship tips and how to add more passion is to go to MidoriVerity.com. Well, okay. That's it. So, ladies, gentlemen, everyone out there in Radio Land, check out these two. It is fantastic having you two on the show. Thank you very, very much for being on. I'll be on with you guys next Thursday. We'll drag you on the show through the evolution so everyone can watch this show build. I know we didn't talk a whole bunch about Hollywood today, guys, but I think we talked about something more important. We talked about the evolution of the American government, the evolution of people, and hell, how to make a difference in life. So, I'm Summer Helene. This was Behind the Scenes. Remember, if you want a whole bunch of free stuff, all you have to do is jump on my Facebook. Give us a great tagline. Send us a video. Send us something. Let us know you watch this, and I'll give you all kinds of free stuff. If you need jewelry, check out the Aussie Auctioneer. And if you need great hair, go to David Andrews Salon because they dress me for the red carpet. I'll talk to you guys next week. Good night. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the Scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.